Dollar Parking, sponsored by Wright Honda and Wright Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. You know I'm your host, Jay Fitting. Recording in my home studio in Gilbert, Arizona. So if you guys have been paying attention, you know, there's a big strike in Hollywood. I had Noah Nelson on here before talking about Burma, but we also touched a little bit because he's a writer, so he's affected by that strike. But there's also the actor strike. SAG-AFRA is the group. And... I brought Reggie Watkins on, and you guys have heard him before on the Super Bowl episode, but you may not really know who he is. He's an actor. You know, he's done things like he plays a recurring character on Call of Duty, Sergeant Sims. He's in the new NBA 2K game. He he plays a podcaster on the 2K game. He is a podcaster in real life. And he's been in things like Bosch. I don't know if you guys have seen Bosch, but multiple episodes of Bosch, so he's a main character. He's on something right now called Do Drop Diaries, which I haven't seen, but he plays Dr. Damon Green. So he's not an A-lister per se, but he gets work. And we're going to find out exactly what this whole SAG-AFRA thing is all about, the strike, because you know our perception is, so many people's perception is, these are, these are millionaire actors, and Jesus, don't they get paid enough? And it's the same thing I said on the last episode about sports people, professional athletes, You know, on one hand, we say they get paid way too much money, but on the other hand, they produce a lot of money for their employers and it's an entertainment driven business. And so the people are worth whatever someone else is willing to pay them. But when it comes down to not paying people the bare minimum, the things that they need to essentially survive without saying, hey, go get another job if you're not getting the work that you want, because that's kind of that's being a little remiss. That's being a little careless. It's right up there with saying, if you don't like your job, then quit. Because life isn't always that easy. You know, it's not a snap decision for everyone. Because there's always other variables involved. But after this word from Four Wheel Online, we're going to hear from Mr. Reggie Watkins. Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about Four Wheel Online. For over a decade, Four Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. The truck products cover everything you need give your truck a custom look and added functionality and if you need a tire and wheel package head over and use the configuration tool they carry all the major brands of wheels and tires so we'll get outfitted today so visit them online at four wheel online or call them at 813-769-2451 again that's four wheel online the number four wheel online He is reggie watkins you may know him as sergeant sims if you play video games i don't play call of duty but I did see him in an NBA spot. I don't know if you're, it's an official capacity of, uh, what, 24, I think, 2K4? Is it yeah, 24? 2K4. Yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm a podcaster, actually, in 2K24. You are a podcaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe I should uh, spend my hard, hard-earned money on that. Uh, but, I, you know, I'd ask you to come on. You've been on before just to give our Super Bowl picks. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I have a, a small debating history, which I think is really neat, um, before I even knew who you were. But... You know, what's going on in, in your world? Because you're an actor, you know, you don't just do video games. You're not just a voice actor, but you're a real legit actor that you can watch on TV on some pretty legit shows and more stuff coming in the future. But what's going on in the strike? What is it that people, like, what's really going on? Because I know there's this disparity between people like, well, actors, and this is the same thing with sports people, right? Well, you're an actor, you're a multimillionaire, you have this, you have everything you want. What does this matter to you? You know, why don't you just make the movies? Or aren't the writers just right? And, you know, what's what's this all really about? Um, well, it's just about greed, man. 
I mean, basically, it's it comes down to greed the same way it comes down to greed in almost every facet of human life. Like, it comes down to these corporations, these billion-dollar corporations, sure. not wanting to pay the people who make them the money. It's They want to keep all the money for themselves and keep giving us less and less and less. And it's been a thing that's been happening over the years. And it's nothing new. Um, you know, America has been fighting labor unions since the beginning of time. <laughs> like, people have, since the beginning of this country, people have been trying to organize labor to fight against the ownership and at every turn have met opposition because the ownership doesn't want people to unite because when people unite, they're stronger. So we have one of the few unions. I mean, there's there's not too many unions left in this country, but SAG-AFTRA is one of the big unions. And we've got a lot of people who are willing to stand up and say, yo, this isn't right. We need to be paid a living wage to take to keep creating entertainment and joy for people around the world. And what people get misconstrued is, like you said earlier, they think of movie stars, they think of the top, but it's never about the people at the top. Unions always fight for people at the bottom. And the people at the bottom are the ones who make up the majority of any union, right? I mean, there's only like, if, 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 okay, so for you to get healthcare through our union, right? That, uh, this is something that people talk about and it's been, you know, but I don't know if enough people hear this. For you to make the healthcare through my union, which is SAG after, you have to make $26,000 a year, right? That sounds like nothing, right? I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I don't even know what the poverty level is in America. It's like 20, 22 or 23. It's pretty, yeah, it's like right there. (laughs) 22,000 around somewhere, right? Like, I don't know what it is, right? You have to make $26,000 to qualify for the healthcare. That sounds like nothing. But when you think of it, if you can't make $26,000 as an actor that's bringing that's that's bringing television and joy and movies and TV and voiceover and animation to the world while Apple, Netflix, Amazon, Paramount, Universal, while their while their CEOs are making 30 to 40 billion, I mean 30 to 40 million dollars. That's a, a bonus year. too. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah. what we're asking for is minuscule. All we want is to be able to earn a living wage. And what they've done every year that we've had this contract, and and the thing that came about was the streaming is something that's so, it's not new, but it's new to the negotiation, right? Right. So, you know, streaming came in around like, the contract that we had, I want to say it was around like 2012 when Netflix kind of came in and became like this huge powerhouse. And it was a new landscape for everybody, right? So it kind of they kind of came in. They're like, "All right, we don't really know what this is going to be. Let's just see what happens, and we'll make amends as time goes on and new contracts." But what has happened is Netflix came in and they had this whole new kind of model, right? Where we're going to have no commercials. All the shows will be available mm-hmm. on demand. And as soon as they did that, everybody started trying to copy it, right? But what that did was it changed the way that the, you know, it changed the way that that the uh, 
the old guard used to do things, right? So as an actor, for me, especially as not being a superstar or a star, a guy who makes his money off of commercials, TV shows, and residuals, mm-hmm. I book a job. Okay, I book a guest star job on. Um, so last thing, I, last show I did was nine one one. Okay, that's that that was that aired on Fox, right? So nine one one is on Fox. That is a traditional um, old guard network. Okay, that's that's primetime TV. I get paid to shoot an episode of nine one one for they they pay me for the week. I get ten thousand dollars for the week. Okay, to be transparent. $10,000 to shoot that episode. Now, in, in the old days, you would get that $10,000. And then what you would bank on was the residual when they re-aired it on their network. Okay, And the residual that you get when they re-air it on the network is the same pay you got to shoot the thing. So that's 20 grand right there that you, that you know that you're getting for this television show. Okay, 20 grand. Then when it re-airs on cable, TNT, TBS, or wherever they have their deals to to mm-hmm. uh, to show reruns, you get 60%, right? It goes to cable, and then so instead of getting the 10, you're getting about 6,000, right? So now that's 26,000 that you kind of can build in for having a guest star on a television show. 26,000, right? You book two or three of those a year, which is what somebody like myself does. I book two or three guest stars on a show and I have a commercial that runs. And even back then, commercials, you book one good commercial, you're making thirty dollars to $40,000 okay, on a good commercial. So I've got my three shows. I'm making my $26,000 on each of those guaranteed right there. And that's just not that's just the, the one year. Now, the life of that show, you get more residuals as it goes down the line. Okay, So as an actor in this game, doing a couple of guest stars on a commercial or two, you know that you're gonna you can make $150 to $200,000. And that's a and, and but also let's not forget this. Sure. That $26,000 isn't all mine. Okay. I have an agent, I have a manager. They get 10% of the gross. Okay. Not not the net. They get 20% of the gross before before taxes come out, they take 10% of all of that. Okay. So right away, that's 20% gone. Plus, when you're making twenty, when you're making ten thousand dollars in one week, the government is taxing you in a different bracket, right? So, oh, for sure. Yeah. So I'm that I, right now. That has me in the thirty-three to forty percent range. Okay. So thirty-three plus, let's just say the lowest thirty-three percent plus the twenty percent. I'm walking home after with that twenty-six thousand. I'm actually only making thirteen. Okay? So I've got $13,000 for one episode of television. If I get three of those, I've got $39,000. I get a commercial that's $30,000. You take the 50, that's 15, right? You see what, what's happening here? We're losing we're losing money. And I, this is with the residuals. But now, here's when, the deal, though. You're not always, in people who are in your position, you're not always booking back to back exactly. to back. Because if you're you not. were, you know, you, it'd be nicer, but- Exactly. I know sometimes, from knowing you and others, it's it's not how it always works. Yeah. Sometimes you have you have like there's droughts and you've got to like figure out other ways to do things. And that's when you'll see an actor working at a bar or or delivering Uber Eats and things like that, right? Because they've got to make ends meet. But when Netflix came along, that took away what Fox would do with these residuals, right? So now mm-hmm. once Netflix comes along and they have this streaming model where we have all the shows available on demand. 
and there is no residual because it's not on prime time and there's no commercial here that we're getting paid by advertisers so we have more money to give you. Now it's like, there's no residual. And when Netflix did that, all these other companies tried to take that model because they didn't want to be appointment television anymore. They wanted to be like Netflix and have it all on demand, right? And they also saw the blueprint of this. Okay, mm -hmm. if we just start our own app, like Netflix is an app, we can put all our shows on the app and now we don't have to run them, rerun re them in prime time and pay these actors again. So where did that money go? Where did the residual money they used to pay when they had it, when they used to put it on the TV again, where did it all go? Went to their pockets. It went to their pockets and it went into making a bunch of whack ass shows that nobody watches. There's right? a like, lot of shows out there and I'm like, what? I don't even have time to watch the good shows because there's just so many shows. And that is part of the problem. Like, there is no reason we need to have a thousand plus television channels. There is no reason that we need to have all this content on Netflix. But Netflix and Amazon, and even with Amazon, that's not even their primary business, right? So <laughs> this is part of, Amazon could care less about the TV shows. All they need is for you to sign up for Amazon Prime. That's all they want for anybody to do. Uh, Amazon is there for that. Apple does not care about TV. Apple cares about you buying an iPhone. Like they throw in Apple TV when you buy an iPhone. They throw in Apple TV when you buy an iPad, right? It's all that stuff. They don't care. And so now you've got these two companies who their primary source of, of revenue is, is not even about entertainment or television. Why are they negotiating with legacy companies that their primary goal is television, movies, that's their thing. So we've got the AMPTP as one unit right here, and you've got two companies that really don't have the same interests as the other ones. And you've got one company that does have the same interests uh, as the others, which is Netflix, but they're the ones who have fucked up the whole thing. So you've got, we're trying to like negotiate with people who don't have the same interests in mind, and that's where this whole thing is going. Like. You've got these billionaire CEOs and these companies, and one company's like, "Well, we don't really care about these. We don't need. We don't need the television, right? We don't. We don't need this." One company's like, "Well, we really do need this." Another company's like, "Yeah, we can do it, but who, who really cares?" So, we've got an impasse, and we're trying to figure out how to get through this. And I think the only way that's gonna that's gonna happen is you're gonna have to have more public support, and just the public is gonna have to stay on the side of working people and understand that. Because you see Brad Pitt making $10 million or you know $15 million in a movie, that is the top of the top of the top. The people who, that, who are striking, who really need your help, are the people who are more like you, right? And that's what it always comes down to, is we, you, you, the general public is more like the working man than they are ever going to be like these CEOs. Right. And so- why aren't we always on the same side with this thing and fighting against it? And it just comes down to who's going to bleak first, you know? And so how, you know, and from what you've observed, you know, how big is that actual gap? Because I see you on stuff. I'll see you on commercials and whatnot, but there's a lot of people I don't see on anything. And, no. you know, they're part of sag Afro too, I would assume. Is there, are you automatically in SAG, you know, if, if once you get an agent and you start booking stuff or is it kind of an electoral thing? You have to, well, to get into SAG, you have to get vouchers. 
first you have to get three vouchers, right? I think that's what it was. I don't know if it's still the same. It was when I joined years ago. Okay. Three vouchers. And then once you get these three vouchers, you're eligible and you have to pay your initiation fee. You pay that. And now you are in the union. And what it is, is it gives you union protections, right? It allows you to get health care. You know, allows you to get health care through your union. Um, it allows you to, to earn a pension at some point, right? If you're working and doing things. But the thing is, the gap is so large. Most of the people in our union, like I was talking about the health care, $26,000, right? Only 14, no, no, 13% of the union made the health care last year. Mm. 13% of 160,000 members, only 13% of them actually qualified for health care. That is how wide it is. So all those people who don't qualify for health care, those are the ones we're fighting for. And people have to sure. fight. Like, I've been fortunate. I've right, made health care right. 10 straight years, right? Because I, I'm good at what I do. And I know what the fuck I'm doing. I know how to, I mean, I've, I've, I've learned how to navigate this business and how to make things happen and, and keep, keep some revenue coming in. But there's some people who they're never going to get on a, on a, they're never going to book a guest star on the show. They're never going to book, but that's what keeps our union going is, is dreamers. And what we're doing is we're killing the dream of people before it even gets started by saying, yo, we're just not going to pay these people any kind of living wage. And we don't want to have to pay background workers. You know, one of the main things is this AI. They want they wanted to be able to scan a background performer's face, body, likeness, and all that, use it, and be able to use it in perpetuity. Mm. That would eliminate our union. There would be no reason we could not. If we lost background performers who make up the lion's share of our union, if we sure. no longer had those people able to earn a paycheck check every time they go and work on a show because when you watch a movie or a television show all the people standing in the background those people those are background actors those, all extras. Those, cafe, those are extras those are extras like career extras aren't there yeah they're getting yeah. And they're getting paid they're getting paid a hundred i think right now it's a hundred and sixty dollars a day as a as a union background worker on a television show which to, to some people sounds like a lot but it's it's not a lot and again, it goes back to what we we're saying earlier. You're not booking back to back. Okay, Monday I'm going to be the background on this show. Tuesday I, I can't hang out with you and have a beer because, dude, I'm doing background shit for the next 45 days. It's, yeah. it's, does it sound like that's typical? Yeah. And so there's there's people who you know who those are the people we're fighting for so that they can keep working and keep their dream alive because Brad Pitt was an extra. Right, I mean, everybody yeah. at some point, everybody was an extra. They had to start somewhere, and you've got to be able to keep people in this dream and in this in this thing and keep it going. Otherwise, what are we doing? Like, if we're if we're not able to like effectively go after our dreams, we're not able to like support ourselves while going for our dreams. Why is anybody in this industry? Why why would we have this thing? And so that's the danger of it. I feel is, you know. They're they're cutting out create the creatives. They're cutting out the artists. They're cutting out the passionate people, and we've got to stick. We got to take a stand, and that's what this strike is about: is standing up for that and making sure that people have the ability to keep dreaming and keep trying to make this thing a profession. Because people love TV. We love TV. We love movies. We love video games. Right? Let's let us keep making them. Why are, why are you fighting us? How would you? And so, is this is this really a thing between? It's not between the the actors and the writers, right? It's the actors and the writers versus the studios. Is that what the split is here? Yeah, 
It's the actors and writers versus students because the writers are also striking too because the yeah. writers are being squeezed out as well. And what's happened is just like I said with Netflix, that model is Netflix came in and they just started making so much shit and just putting all their money into creating, creating, creating and paying all these. It just wasn't sustainable. It's kind of like, you know, there's a market correction in the stock market, right? right. You see uh, what Tesla is is selling at what? 500 or 600 $800 a share. You're like, why? Like they're not even they're not even profitable yet. What are they yeah, how are they're they not. they're what? rarely profitable. Yeah, it's a valuation, a speculation, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is going to have to there's going to have to be a correction. That's what needs to happen here is because Netflix came in and just fucked up this model and so they're valued at such a high price, but they're not making they're not making money like that. They're throwing all this money in so that they can get money on the back end, right? They want subscribers. They're throwing all this content out and making shows that nobody's gonna watch. They get if they can get a few subscribers from every show they put out, that's their goal. They don't care about the art of the show and how long it's gonna last and if it's gonna be a hit and whatever. If it's a hit, cool. We all they want is more subscribers, but that doesn't work for Fox. That doesn't work for NBC. That doesn't, right. They're not in that kind of game. How would you try to restructure the compensation when it comes to a streaming service? Because I, I would imagine if, you, if, if I were to lay out all the streaming companies, it's got to be Netflix by far, then maybe a Disney Plus, Hulu, Amazon Prime, because Amazon half the Amazon Prime shows you still have to freaking pay for, yeah. um, and some of the other services. But I understand that you know, they don't have any of the ad revenue coming in, but they have the people revenue, whereas traditionally, you know, the cable systems don't. You pay a hundred bucks a month for cable and you come to all these channels and then they have to split that up between all the channels. Whereas now Netflix gets to keep Netflix money. Disney Plus gets to keep Disney Plus money. But if I'm watching a show that you're in, 9-11 or, um, you know, some of the other shows that you've been in, if if I watch those episodes, you know, you don't get paid for that. Right. Or if you do, it's very little. Like, how would you restructure that compensation? Because when yeah, if your well, show gets watched 10 million times, you know, no one's watching it on Fox 10 million times, but someone may watch it on streaming 10 million times. What does exactly. that mean for Reggie? So what the what what we need to do is and what they're trying to do is bump up the residual scale. They're saying, OK, let's let's make this. You know, it doesn't have to be 100 percent, which is what we used to get on the mm-hmm. prime. If it's going to be on streaming, let's bump it up. Let's make it 60 or 70 percent. Right. Let's give people something because otherwise you're giving them nothing. You're right. making the show and you're giving these people no residuals. And it's that is the lifeblood of having this, of having a career in this industry is you've got to be able to make money off of your work that's out there that people are watching whenever they want to. And you're not getting paid for that. That's insane. So yeah. I think there has to be, I don't know if it's, if it's a hundred percent. We have to have some kind of give and take. I mean, after we can't just come in and say, give us 100% and that's all we want. We want. No, no. If there might need to be some negotiation. Let's say 70 or 80% is what the rewatch is. And then it scales down from there, you know. Um, but another big hurdle is they're not telling us what the real numbers are. They're not showing mm. us the data, right? They're they not, don't want to open the books. Not, they don't want to open the books. <laughs> they don't want to open the books because of two things. It's either one hell of people are watching this and you really aren't paying us or nobody's watching this shit and you don't want your stock price to plummet, right? Mm, so sure. there's only there's only two reasons why they would not do this. And I'll be other there's three too. Like, these are all big wig, you know, CEOs. 
I don't want to tell you what we're doing over here. I don't want you to see what we're doing over here and what we've got over here. And maybe they're all part of the damn bullshit game. And they all know that, okay, then we can't, we can't do this because then it's going to set this whole thing on fire. Right. So it's a lot. And I think what I think is, I think they know that there is no winning this thing because actors and writers, we've got the resolve. We've already, most of us aren't rich anyways. So right. it's not like we're missing. I mean, most of the actors that are striking don't get auditions. You know, they're not, they're not, they don't have work coming in. They, they're doing their side jobs all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're, they're dying or they're missing out on anything. They know how to live this life. So I don't know what there is to be gained here from stalling this out so long. Um, I think eventually that we're just going to have to come to an agreement and we'll figure something out. And I think the writers will get done first because you have to have writers to come back to write for the actors and then the actors will get done and we'll get back to some work. But I'm just hoping it happens you know, sooner than later um, because it's just a, it's a strain on, on everybody and especially on the economy. I mean, LA, we this is a entertainment town, right? And there's nothing being made right now. Okay. There's Man. commercials and video games, but other than that, there's nothing. And right now, the video game is about to go on strike too. So it's just, it, it's a lot, man. But this is a, it's, this is the time to do it, and we got the resolve, and we got enough people who are actually fighting for it. That uh, I, I'm surprised that they haven't negotiated anything yet, because for us to actually get a strike authorization was a huge deal. Because I've been a part of these for, I've been a part of I think three or four contracts with the television and every time we think people want to strike we never get enough votes because most people are like eh, now things are good let's keep it going but the fact that we're able to get a strike authorization vote right now means that enough people understand that this is some bullshit are video games under the same umbrella and then and then what i mean by that is can you just independently because i you know they have their own production their own studio and then the second follow-up question of that is from a residual aspect, they seem like it's maybe they pay you up front and then maybe a little bit off sales, maybe not. But once those games are sold, like no one's no one's buying the game again, unlike streaming and on TV. It seems like it's just a one hit quit and then it's done. There's no residuals in video games. They stopped that years ago. Okay. Right? And so that's why we're striking because we're getting fucked. Yeah. Video games getting like they're getting fucked and it just keeps going. And now with AI and these, the ability to like, Take somebody's likeness, which I, in my video games that I'm in, most of the time they use my likeness. It's me in these games. In Call of Duty, it's me. In NBA 2K, it's me. And they can use those things again if they want. Now, I've been fortunate with the companies I've worked with, Call of Duty. They, Whenever they use me in the game, they bring me back to voice it and do the stuff and they pay me again and all that, right? But there's they don't have to. I mean, they're in good faith. They're, they're a good company, yeah. so they're coming back. But- there's no residuals and there's some kind of fight that we need to have to make more money off these games because these games are billion dollar franchises and they're paying these actors nothing. I mean, it's like literally that it's, it's, it's ridiculous. So they're not under the same umbrella. There's a different contract for video games. There's a different contract for commercials. There's a different contract for, vo uh, for voiceovers and there's a different contract for television and, and, and uh, television and movies, right? So there's three, there's different contracts for everything with our union. Um, and right now they're all up. So it's time to fight. It's time to fight. I know you're running short on time. Um, what's going on with I'm Probably Right, your podcast? 
Uh, man, I took a little time off while I was wondering if I wanted to keep doing it. You know, it, it was it's a lot of work, man. Like, I mean, I you know, but especially doing like a sports podcast, I have to watch everything. I have to watch everything. I have to kind of keep up with everything. And I'm an actor. I got things to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's hard to always be in the know and know what's going on and be knowledgeable about it. And I don't want to talk about it if I don't 100% know what's going on. So I took a little time off. And a buddy of mine really had some things going on with uh, his career that I wanted to kind of help be a part of. So we're working on getting his podcast together and we're going to do something together. So I wanted to really kind of get into that because that's the avenue more I want to be in is, is lifestyle and entertainment talk. Um, but I'm thinking I might have to do some, some, I'm probably right to bring it back because, you know, football is back and that is my love. Um, and you know, it's, it's a hot season going on, a lot of shit to talk about. So I might have to come back and, and do a little something. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that sounds good, man. I'd love to have you on again, um, some point soon. Yeah. And uh, good luck with all this. It's, um, thanks for being here and letting us know exactly what the deal is. A lot of that stuff I didn't even know. Uh, but I think there's a lot of assumptions out there. So what can we do to support like me well, as in just a regular person? Go. I mean, I don't know what's going on in, in AZ. I don't think there's any studios in, in, in Phoenix, anything. So there's probably another name. Just right here, baby. Yeah. Just right here. <laughs> but if you're in, you know, a, a city that has like production studios, go out, hold a sign. Stand up. You can go to SAGAFTRA.org uh, SAG slash strike and or just put in SAGAFTRA strike and the website will come up right away and they'll show you places in your, you can look for your city. They'll tell you where there's a, a, a you know, a picket picket line being held at. Get out there and stand up. Share the information on your social medias. If, anytime you see somebody talking about the strike or any kind of news, share that out so people are more informed instead of just having the opinion that all these rich actors just want more money. And I mean, really, it's it's the billionaires who want more money. Like right. we are, we are the ants in this business. Like these guys have all the dough. And it just, I mean, it's like I could tie it to NFL or like sports. Whenever anybody gets mad at a player for holding out or wanting money, but they don't get mad at the billionaire owner for just not giving a little more money. Like, it's just, you want your team to win. Why not pay the guy who actually goes out there and does it, give them a little bit more money instead of this billionaire owner who will never be like the fans. He is never going to be close to you in any way possible. That player is closer to your life than that billionaire will ever be. Why would you be against him instead of them? It just makes no sense. Thanks, Reggie. Reggie Watkins. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Jay. Hey, man. Let's uh, let's 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 keep it going. We'll see what's up with these Lakers this year. My LeBron, you know, we go on, baby. We go. I'd love to talk about LeBron, but we don't have time. We'll got time. We'll do it again soon, though. Later. All right, bro. Peace. I want to thank Reggie for taking time out of his busy day to jump on the show and kind of explain to us, you know, what this thing is all about and its support. While he's not directly affected because he stays busy with all his projects, there's a lot of people who aren't there yet. And as you can see, there's such a disparity in the kind of money that people can earn. Like I've always said, I would love to be an extra. I figured, hey, extras could get paid, not a lot of money, but it would be cool to be an extra and get a couple hundred dollars. But that's cool if you're an extra every day of the week and you're doing it two or three times for something and you get paid well for your time. But that's not necessarily the case. It's very inconsistent. 
And some people, that's what they rely on for their hopes, their dreams, their income. But everyone wants to get that dream. No one wants to be an extra without hoping that they get discovered and get that big break. And I learned some stuff I didn't really know, you know, on the outside looking in. Hopefully you guys learned something too, listening to that. If you want to follow him on Instagram, he is Coach with Reg, all ran together. He has a podcast, I'm probably right. A little bit about our history. In 2020, I know I reference 2020 a lot, but it's a little different. So you guys know the Netflix documentary, The Last Dance, which was the documentary about the Chicago Bulls last season together. Millions and millions of people have watched that, but I know some of you aren't into sports. And I would say watch it even if you're not into sports because it's not really about that. But a good friend of mine, Victor, who's also been on here, also in Hollywood as well. You know, we did, I did five episodes on this podcast recapping The Last Dance. And it's the only time I've really done a consistent panel. So there were always three to four of us and we would just talk about it. But Victor also had one. You know, I don't think he recorded it as a podcast, but we all jumped on our Zoom or whatever the app was at the time and we debated. And Reggie and I would go hard against each other all the time because Reggie is so pro LeBron James. And I get it, but I'm obviously pro Jordan. And it was just fun. It was myself, Reggie, another guy named Ray Stoney, and Victor. And then every once in a while, I forgot the fifth guy's name, but he would kind of cycle in when one of the other guys wouldn't be there. And I don't think there was ever all five of us at once. But that was a lot of fun every week debating, getting in some heated debates about the last dance. And it always came down to Jordan versus LeBron. And we got our, you know, you guys know me. I'm not really going to argue or debate a point unless I know I'm right. I know that sounds cliche, but Reggie's the same way. Everyone's the same way, and I bring receipts. And I would say, arguably, I won most of those debates. But at the end of the day, it's it's not definitive. LeBron's the greatest of all time, or Jordan's the greatest of all time. We all have our opinions on that. But that's before I even knew who Reggie was. It took, I don't know, six to eight months. I go, oh, oh shit, that's that's Reggie. That's the guy I've been debating all the damn time. I don't talk to him that much. I think the last time I talked to him was during the Super Bowl for the Super Bowl picks. But, you know, let me know if you guys want to get him back on here. He's got a lot to say, and he does a lot of things, does a lot of things in this community. And I learned a lot from that interview. And you can also catch that on YouTube, on the Hard Parking Media YouTube channel, within the next couple days of this episode coming out. And with that being said, want to thank Right Honda and Right Toyota, fourwheelonline.com, sell shop wireless services. Patreon business supporter, Kui Automotive out of Warner Garden, Florida. Pell Construction out of Caledonia, Michigan. Beak House, small home design out of Ashburg, Virginia and Traverse City, Michigan. Shaping Success with Wes Tankersley out of Boise, Idaho. You can catch myself and Wes every Wednesday on Instagram Live, One Drink Wednesday. If you're in a position to help the podcast upgrade, you can join my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash podcast. Special thanks to Mark Stoneman, Catherine Cox, Eddie Ramos, Richard Grace, Byron Jones, Bo Jung, Alice Camina, Andrew Bunkley. Head over to hardparkingpod.com, get up the store, buy some merch. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at jfinning and join the Hard Parking Violations Facebook group and the Hard Parking channel on Instagram. I can't grow without you telling the world how great this show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together, and I will talk to you all next week. Shut up! <laughs> now it's stripping time. Ain't nobody got time for that.